What is up, Irish fans? It is a Tuesday, special Tuesday edition of the Locked On Irish Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. How's it? Hope you're having a great one out there. Tuesday, still early in the week. I uh, hope you all are doing well. Remember, you can follow the show at Locked On Irish on Twitter. I'm Greg Schaefer, your lead host. Stuck with me, flying solo again. Today, we're going to break down Coach Kelly's presser from yesterday. I hope you guys enjoyed the late night show I did last night, breaking down and recapping the uh, Notre Dame just demolition of Navy on Saturday. But uh, we're going to break down the presser today, and uh, this show about didn't happen. I was flying in hot from uh, my real job, and uh, I mean, I come in the house, and there's nothing that stops me quicker than this TV being stuck on Investigation Discovery. Have you ever watched that before? I mean, come on. It's just, it sucks you in. It is like, if TV were like cocaine, that would be it. I can't, I can't get enough. I sit there and like, you know, you, it's like I've grown a full beard by the time I've changed the channel. It's insane. But uh, yeah, so the show is happening. I'm here and I've changed the channel because otherwise I'd just be telling you all about my, uh, my crime scene investigation expertise. So I feel like I've watched enough of that show to at least have a minor in law or something. So, uh, so I hope you again, hope you're having a good Tuesday. We'll break down uh, Coach Kelly's presser. It's pretty much going to be the show today. Uh, next show up uh, will be released tomorrow morning. That would be Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to break down the Irish uh, ugly, ugly win over Presbyterian and uh, preview Toledo. Also, college football, the rankings literally just came out, so we'll break down those. I'll give you my reaction to that. And, you know, next week's Thanksgiving, and I got to thinking, you know, what would I do for Thanksgiving show? I don't know if I'll do one on Thanksgiving, um, but what would I talk about next Wednesday? I didn't really have a huge plan. I'd try to map out every aspect of the podcast, but, um, you know, what came to mind is, you know, maybe I'll talk about like favorite food places or, uh, we'll get into like some tailgate food kind of stuff in the, in the spirit of all the food that will be Thanksgiving. Uh, maybe talk about some of the great food places in South Bend or, you know, tweet at the show and, uh, see if we can get people to tell us where they like to go in South Bend when they go to games. So Coach Kelly's presser yesterday uh, opened up with, and this is very interesting, and my immediate reaction is to be upset. I'm like, I want to be mad at this. Like, how can we make a rule against this? Uh, this is uh, Boston College coming in this weekend, backup college. Uh, I'll get to on Friday why this is one of my favorite rivalries and one of the most mishandled rivalries, but uh, this is the seventh, te- seventh team that we've played to have a week off to prepare for us. And uh, when I when I hear that, I'm like, I want to be mad, but uh, you know, so far we've handled it pretty well. We just couldn't handle our own bye week very well, so I don't know how that works. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, just a twist of fate there that each team gets a uh, gets a week, you know, gets their bye week before they play us. So as Coach Kelly's giving his opening statement, um, immediately immediately goes to AJ Dillon. I mean, AJ Dillon is the heart and soul of this BC team on offense. Um, and then he talks about David Bailey, and these guys are a load, man. They're 240 and 250, respectively, and, and they can get they got a little giddy-up to them, too. I mean, these are guys that we are going to have to be account- accounted for. They have to. We have to set the edge with this team. We cannot let them get a full head of steam, or they will hurt us on Saturday. You know, I know we've had two successful weeks, and I don't want to get too much into previewing the game because I'll do my full preview on Friday, but, you know, we have got to... to to prepare for these two backs. We have to. 
Um, there's no way we can't come in here and expect to just, eh, you know, ho-hum around about stopping the run. No, stopping the run is a must on Saturday. Now, it is a little unfortunate for BC that uh, they're going to be without their starting quarterback. Um, Anthony Brown is out. He has a knee injury. Um, you know, they got a they got a bat. Uh, Coach Kelly mentions this kid's a baseball player, Dennis Grossall. Uh, Grossell, a baseball player. He's 49 and 99 on the season, 710. Eight touchdowns, two picks, so relatively efficient. Um, you know, completion percentage isn't where you'd like it to be. Um, and in fact, completion percentage is pretty bad, but as far as interceptions, he's not going to turn the ball over. Um, those kind of numbers kind of remind me of he doesn't see anything open, he's just going to throw it away. So it doesn't give much opportunity to, uh, not much opportunity for your corners to go out there and uh, pick the ball off. Um, this season, uh, does look like he's played in a little bit in Richmond, um, uh, really kind of took the reins against Louisville. He's nine of 24, had his best game probably again, last, last game against Florida state. Uh, he was 20 of 29, 227, two touchdowns, a pretty good day. He can move around the pocket a little bit, uh, had seven carries for 30 against, uh, Florida state, not incredibly, um, the most elusive quarterback that we're going to see, but uh, 6'1", 220, and not the most physically imposing, but uh, definitely somebody that we're going to have to, again, we got to account for these guys. You know, we can't come in here and just, you know, go through the motions. It just can't happen because this is a big game for them. Uh, Coach Kelly even talks about how, you know, <clears throat> you know, they've had a good offense. They've put up some numbers as far as scoring goes, but they're also playing for, among other things, they're playing for a bowl game. I mean, they're five and five right now. They knock us off. Not only, hey, we beat Notre Dame. We beat, you know, hey, you're the other Catholic school now, which that'll never happen. But you know, a little bragging rights. They get to play in Notre Dame Stadium, knock off, you know, mighty Notre Dame in their stadium. Somebody that's kind of been their big brother. Uh, and somebody they've enjoyed trying to knock off over the years. You know, remember the early 2000s, we couldn't beat these guys. So, uh, yeah, just something to think about there, and just just cannot go through the motions in this game at all. Um, just can't happen. Um, you know, hopefully Kelly keeps these guys up, and we see the same kind of enthusiasm and energy level we've seen in the last two weeks. So the first question that was out to the press was, of course, A.J. Dillon, and I love this kid, um, but I did think it was interesting. Um, Coach Kelly said he remembers him being a good player. The question was, do they remember the recruiting process? Coach Kelly mentions, you know, somebody they had offered, uh, would have liked to have come to Notre Dame, but the statement that I thought was interesting is they never really had an opportunity, and he felt like BC was the best fit for him. Now, if I remember his recruiting process, um, I remember Michigan really wanted him, and I think he was leaning toward going to Michigan, and uh, Harbaugh wanted to make him a linebacker. And as you can see, that's um, uh, not really panned out in their favor. I think, you know, Michigan's got a couple of nice backs, clearly, by what they did to us. But I think they would probably go ahead and uh, they'd probably go ahead and take A.J. Dillon right now. Uh, you, you hope a kid like A.J. Dillon also doesn't have too, many, uh, my, too much mileage on his tires uh, when it comes to the NFL. Because this guy, you know, he can be a good back in the NFL. Again, he's 240 pounds. You know, he's rushed for, uh, you know, 1451 this year. I mean, this guy, he is a load, a load, and just, you know, a fun to watch. Um, he's over 4,000 yards for his career. Not much of a receiving threat, but can definitely run between the tackles. Um, so, you know, you just, again, you got to account for this guy, but you hope that they just haven't, you know, he, he'll be over 800 carries, possibly 900 carries um, by the time his career at BC is over, and I'd say he's automatically going to go to, 
going to go to the league next season. Um, I don't see any question marks there as far as, oh, yeah, you know, there's any chance he's going to come back. Um, Coach Kelly was also asked, second question out of the gate here. It was kind of funny, funny, not funny. You know, Trevor Ruland had a long career at Notre Dame and wonder what he would have turned out like had he not had 83,000 surgeries um, by the member of the press. And, um, you know, Coach Kelly, you know, it really mentions his heart and dedication to the program and how he thinks others might have moved on. And he's really happy to see playing time and uh, not only just playing time. It's one thing to get in into garbage time. But but Ruland has really been, you know, he's had some success out there. And I'll tell you, as far as the offensive line goes, I've not noticed much of a drop-off. I mean, it's not like we were getting – multiple hundred yard rushers and then you know we've had these injuries to the offensive line Roland comes in and all of a sudden we're giving up sacks and you know we're not able to run the ball no we just haven't been able to run the ball all year I mean that's the bottom line there's just not been a running game so uh yeah I don't I haven't noticed a significant drop off um if anything I think it looks the exact same this offensive lines look the same all year they pass protect pretty well they're running, you know, blocking is okay. I think it could look a whole lot better if we had, you know, a better back as far as, uh, you know, a game breaker or a superstar back there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I haven't noticed a difference. So, uh, yeah, good, big ups to Ruland, man. And, you know, anybody that gives their body sacrifices what he has, because he's going to have some long-term effects, even if it's just aches and pains. I mean, he's going to have some effects from the injuries he's had and all the surgeries. So uh, we'll continue with Coach Kelly's press conference, full breakdown, right after this. All right, we are back with you on Locked On Irish on the Locked On Podcast Network. So uh, the big the big news out of yesterday, and unfortunately, is the uh, injury to Shane Simon. Um, dislocated his kneecap, and turned out it is a patellar tendon injury. And... My first thought is, you know, he's going to expect to make a full recovery, but does anybody ever make a full recovery after a patellar tendon injury? I mean, even if it's not completely torn, I mean, ugh, that that is such a tough injury. You hate to hear that um, from a guy like him, and he's such an explosive athlete. You really, you really hope he's such a specimen. I remember he's he was really when we went to this. Uh, Four two five. He was one of the first recruits that I remember being specifically recruited for the rover position. Then my next thought is really just, you know, when I look at that 2018 class, three guys that really stood out to me in that uh, the 2018 class were guys like Houston Griffith, Shane Simon, and Derek Allen. I mean, those guys stuck out to me when they're in when their recruiting process and just the physical gifts that they had and the accolades that they had coming in and. Now, I mean, the, those three guys, when you combine them together, they've kind of, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to say it, but I want to say it's kind of been a bust. I mean, Derek Allen's no longer with the program. He's at Georgia Tech. Houston Griffith, you know, he's getting on the field from time to time, um, you know, in a backup role. And now you have to wonder how much he's going to play if Gilman comes back with Isaiah Pryor coming in from Ohio State. I mean, I, I don't know. And, uh, you know, Houston's the only one with the program. Uh, and now Shane Simon, he, of course, he's still with the program, but now with a dislocated kneecap, patellar injury, uh, that really does, it makes you wonder. I mean, the, those three guys just really stuck out to me. I mean, I'm pretty sure, let me look here. They all four-star guys, four-star, four-star. Yeah, and, you know, Shane was built like a monster. I mean, 17 years old, he's 6'3", listed at 215. 
you know, just an incredible talent. And, you know, uh, hopefully he can get a full recovery in. And um, Coach Kelly says probably no contact uh, in the spring. And uh, he said most likely that. So, uh, and then we had Jason, Jason Admiola. Adam, Adam Eola. I don't know how I keep screwing that up. I think I'm just trying to talk too fast. You've listened to this show before. But, uh, you know, it's nice. The, the twin brothers are on the team. Uh, pretty cool, Jason and Justin. But this is Jason. Has an ankle sprain. Uh, did they anticipate him being ready to go this week? And uh, Coach Kelly said he thinks he is day-to-day at this point. So that's at least some good news on the injury front. One of the next questions that came up, just some uh, – just some updates on some red shirts. There is a Howard Cross, four-star, uh, four-star uh, defensive end, true freshman out of New Jersey. Uh, he was asked if he's on his uh, third or fourth game, and uh, Coach Kelly did confirm that he is actually only in his third game, so he is eligible still to come back for a red shirt. Um, now we get to kind of the interesting, interesting news about Braden Lindsay. You know, um, talk about Lindsay is two different questions. You know, uh, talked about the fatigue that he was having. Do you feel like, you know, you feel like he's kind of recovered from whatever that was? And he said, you know, Coach Kelly said he felt like everything was go- that was going on with him was good to go. They wanted to protect him during Duke, Duke week. And he said he looked pretty fast to me. I don't disagree. Um, also, you know, thinking about just speed. I mean, you know, if you just want to run streaks down the center of the field, you don't have to have a ton of energy for that. So... You know, if he's feeling tired again, I guess it's my opinion. Maybe I'm a pain in the butt about this, but uh, I might be frustrating to some people, in my opinion. But I don't know. I I, I find this hard to believe. And then the follow-up question, um, a couple questions later, was, you know, the day-to-day preparation. And really just, uh, you know, what is it that's kept him off the field? Are there other things within his game maybe with fundamentals that have uh, held him back was the question. And Coach Kelly said, no, not in particular. He kind of gave some coach speak, and he said he thought the transition occurring between Joe Wilkins and Lawrence Keyes, uh, you know, they, they're transitioning into a bigger role and, um, you know, just having some soft tissue injuries and the load of academics. And he kept coming back to academics and the balance of football and academics and what the, the decisions they have to make as coaches, which still makes me wonder, was there some academic issues with Braden or, you know, what's going on with that? Uh, just really interesting language with that one, because I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't look at enough injury reports, but correct me if I'm wrong. It, it, when's the last time you heard a guy held out with fatigue unless he had mono or I, I mean, I don't know. I can't really think of much else and I'm a medical professional. So yeah, they believe, believe it or not, they let this guy take care of people crazy right they'll just give those license out to anybody trust me it's like on a bogo i think but uh backing up here one question they talked about paul mawala and uh the pride of penn high school penn kingsman let's go uh paul came out and had the the pitch six and uh just talking about trying to get him on the field a little bit more and you know they did discuss you know uh, coach kelly just said they're going to deal with it at a later date and it's just something they're going to talk about during the spring and specifically the question was about the buck linebacker position which could definitely be uh, could be an interesting role for him to take on in the offseason. I mean, it would be really something to have J.O.K., um, Owusu Kamara, and uh, Karamoa, and uh, Drew White, and Moala on the field at the same time. That's a lot of that's a lot of a lot of man, a lot of athlete out there. Um, interesting too. I'm not going to get. It, it was a long question and a long answer, but. Um, you know, talked about how this freshman class, the things that they've experienced, and maybe how it's guided or led the careers at Notre Dame. And 
Um, you know, really interesting. These guys, they've been through a lot. This is the 2016 class, uh, getting ready to graduate. You know, as freshmen, they come in and, you know, they, they seen the worst of the worst, the worst season I can remember since, uh, 2007 and probably the second worst in, in really my lifetime. I can't think of two other worse seasons than that. I mean, guys like Kramer, Eichenberg, uh, McKinley will probably be, be back, I would say, but then you look at Claypool, Dalen Hayes is coming back. Uh, Troy Pride's gone. Um, Dante Vaughn, Julian Aquara, of course, out with the injury. Tony Jones will be playing in his last game. And then you look back at this class and the guys that aren't there anymore. You know, you got like Parker Boudreaux who transferred um, Central Florida. Uh, Devin Studstill, I believe he is with South Florida. Ian Book was in this class. Spencer Perry transferred out. Um, Dion McIntosh, you kind of wonder what could he have been in this offense. You know, he got in trouble and then had to go to last chance U down at uh, EMCC. Uh, kind of makes you wonder what could he have done in this offense because he had that game-breaking speed. He went to Cardinal Gibbons High School. You know, it just makes you wonder what he could have been in this offense. But, uh, you know, it, kudos to this group, man, because they came into a very hard place and many of them could have transferred out. And they stuck with it and they've really helped transform. You know, we are on the brink of a third straight 10-win year. Hasn't been done since the early 90s. And when some people want to, you know, fire Kelly, and I've been in that bandwagon before, I'm not there now because I'm in the camp of who else you going to get. It's something you can lean on. I mean, 10 wins is nothing to sniff at. I think 11's out there. I think we get 11 wins this year. I do. And it's not to say we're even that good. You know, on paper, you're like, man, that must have been one of the elite teams in the country. We may not be. <laughs> we may not be that elite. And we still may win, somehow win 11 games this year. It, things just kind of fall in our way. Uh, it was interesting, uh, kind of later on in the presser here, talked about, uh, you know, arrived as known as Mr. November. I don't recall that specifically. Uh, maybe once or twice, but not as as this uh, member of the media put it, as it was more so common, as he was 10-0 and 10-1 and and in, at Cincinnati. Um, you know, there's a you know, five-year lull where he went 9-12 uh, and 12 in November, so, uh, or 10 and 0, 10 and 1 is what he was trying to say. Um, he couldn't, obviously, I don't think could think of it. I'm looking at the official transcript here. Um, you know, it went 9 and 12, first five years at, uh, at Notre Dame. And now we're looking at seven straight. And Gil Kelly did, again, showed the accountability. Accountability. He said, we're better coaching, better leadership. That's what's turned it around. He said, overall, everybody just doing a better job. He said, there's different things that occur in November. Uh, you know, injuries can occur. He said the coaching decisions that you make. He said just a number of things that, you know, change a program. He talks about how culture is a big part of it. Um, you know, good for Kelly. You know, we've we've talked to some of the insiders before about this. And, you know, accountability has been a big thing since 2016. And I can definitely respect and appreciate that. And it's shown. However, it's not helping us win the big games. Um, you know, as a commercial flashes across my TV in the studio here of uh, Kelly looking like a soaked rat in Ann Arbor a couple weeks ago. But, you know, just a subtle reminder that, yeah, just the big game is biting us. It's just biting us. And that's not to say you can't win a bigger game. But when on you're on the national stage, man, you're on the national stage, you got to be able to get those big ones. I mean, Michigan there, you know, that's a, that's the second strongest opponent we have. And, you know, every year, you may not know this, I haven't talked about this much, I rank our opponents every week. Every week I rank our opponents. And this year, 
our number one and number two opponents are our only two losses. And that just cannot be. Can't be if you want to be successful. And that, if you go back and look and you re-rank the opponents every single year, you find a lot more than, of that than you don't. So uh, real quick here, let's give a shout out to our friends at DoorDash before we take a break. Uh, treat yourself to a meal, the meal you deserve, and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Could really use some food right now, to be honest with you. And I just ate, too. I don't know what that says about me. So uh, let's take a break. All right, back at it here. Let's uh, finish up Coach Kelly's presser and get you guys out of here for the day. Another late-night podcast. I promise tomorrow's will be out sooner. Um, yeah, I got to order some rain covers for some cameras because we got thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of equipment, and I, we don't have thousands and thousands of uh, upon dollars of uh, coverage for them. So I'd really like to keep uh, that stuff nice. So uh, next question up uh, that sticks out to me was about Kyle Hamilton. Asked if he's going to be okay. Yeah, he was cleared to come back into the game. It was a brachial plexus stinger. That kind of injury. Don't you love Coach Kelly's uh, little subtle jabs at himself for not knowing much th- much about medical? Real quick, in the studio right now, I'm going to have to rewind this. I know, totally off topic, but I'm looking at these bowl projections. The New Year's Six Bowl projections right now, this is current, just popped up. Memphis, Utah, and the Cotton Bowl, Clemson, Ohio State, Peach, Georgia, LSU, Fiesta. Obviously, these bowls are you know, pick based tonight off of the rankings. Then you look at the Orange Bowl, Minnesota and Virginia Tech. Who is letting an unranked team in the New Year's Six? This has got to stop. I talked about it yesterday. These bowl tie-ins, the 90s called, they want your decisions back. This can't be. They cannot let this happen. Uh, Penn State, Oregon, and the Rose Bowl should be a solid game. Oklahoma, Alabama, and the Sugar Bowl. That is it. Going for ratings there. Uh, moving on with Coach Kelly's presser. Um, uh, let's see here. What else sticks out about the presser? Um, talked about just pressing new buttons with uh Ian Book and how things have just looked different in the last couple weeks. And he says, you know, he's seeing seeing different things out there. He, you know, he talked. They talked about how to handle the pressure of being the quarterback at Notre Dame and how loud the noise gets when you're the guy and when you're not performing up to standard and coach Kelly always, I always hear him say this and correct me if I'm wrong, but you always hear him say, this is why you come to Notre Dame. You know, it's not always going to be good. You're always going to have that spotlight out there. Um, said they've, you know, it's more so just about practicing at a high level. And, uh, I, he, I was reading through the transcript earlier today and he said, I think Tom has done a really good job of changing some things up in terms of past pictures and things of that nature. My first thought was who the heck is Tom? I was like, oh, Tommy Rees. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like, uh, But again, Coach Kelly goes back to themselves. We needed to do a better job coaching. Too good of a player. He wasn't playing at the level he's capable of. Uh, you know, accountability. But at some point, at year 10, are we still blaming ourselves? Are we still blaming the coach? Uh, I, I get frustrated by this. I do. 
it's insanely frustrating. We're in year 10. It's like a senior in high school sitting there saying, you know, after a bad performance, oh, I got a lot to learn still. No, you're a senior. Too late. <laughs> um, uh, asked about Jerkovic's development. Um, you know, he said he, 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 it's tough to stay locked in. Kind of a coach speak answer. I've been doing this long enough now. You know, stay. It's tough for a backup to stay locked in at all times. A couple things where you scratch your head, but, you know, I just think that was a matter of time. Once he gets in there, gets a feel, he's going to get really confident. We got to start getting him in these games, you know, a little bit earlier. And I'm glad they're letting him do some more things when he does get in, but he's got to get into these games a little earlier when they're blowouts and when the opportunity presents itself. You know, 38, he probably should have played the whole second half, to be honest with you. So, uh, you know, Coach Kelly, uh, the question gets put to Coach Kelly, and I, I love the. I love the media 101 question. Do you feel the teams res- how do you feel the teams responded after that loss to Michigan? Well, pretty darn good. Um he said a lot of good signs in all areas, you know, they've been physical, controlling the line of scrimmage, and I don't disagree, but I also think a lot of that is our opponents. I don't think Virginia Tech's very good despite being 7 and 3. Duke is clearly not very good, and then you get Navy, and you know how I feel about that. I mean, yes, 7 and 1 team, ranked blah blah blah. Still, very few, if any, of those kids were recruited by Notre Dame. You blow them off the field every time. You should. Uh, they mentioned uh, Javon McKinley's foot. Is he out this week? And I said, I have a better sense of him yesterday when he's out of the, he's out of the boot. They're going to have him run. <sighs> I, I just, I still c- can't just get over the fact of, is he going to be another bust? I mean, he's coming back for a fifth year, but... It just doesn't seem like he's going to have the juice to really produce much. Um, nice physical player, but it's like, is he going to be able to have a nice fifth year? Uh, or does he go pro? I mean, maybe he goes out, looks like a like an absolute stud in shorts and a t-shirt, and that's probably the one position you could get it done because how many other positions can you truly replicate what you're going to be doing on the field? There's a lot of receivers that don't like contact. Okay, great. Go to the combine, show out, and go get paid. I mean, there's always potential for that. So, I mean, I could see, I could see it. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's something I could see, especially going into his fifth year. Finally, a question was brought up about, you know, Boston College and, you know, the evolution of Boston College over the years. And they've always, I've always, I'm not really going to get into too much of Kelly's answer. It's very coach speak and talked about how when he played him at Central Michigan, played against Matt Ryan, and they do turn out good talent. I mean, that was the point of what his answer was, ultimately, was just, you know, the talent that they produce, and they they produce some really nice talent. Um, You know, you'll see guys all littered all over the NFL from Boston College, but they don't piece together great teams, and that one's miffed me for years. UCLA, I I don't even know. I find UCLA to be the biggest... um, mystery in all of college football. I I think UCLA is another one that it's like, how is this? You think about this day and age, the Twitter generation. What do these kids want? They want weather. They want, you know, awesome stadium, cool uniforms, girls. I mean, you know, education's probably down a little further on the list, but big city exposure. What doesn't UCLA have? And I almost think about that in Boston College in the same view. I mean, Boston, it's a big city. It's a tough town, but it's a big city. It's the other Catholic school. It's a beautiful campus. Uh, I don't know how this isn't a better job. Um, you just uh, see programs like that. Tweet at us on the, on the Twitter page at uh, 
Locked On Irish and let us know if there's another job out there that you just don't know how that that particular program is not successful. Um, and it was brought up about Coach Kelly, uh, who's going to be coming back for a fifth year. He doesn't name anybody specifically, but those conversations, he said that you know they'll get with them and start having those conversations here here soon. I would imagine that'll start happening in December, and we'll get a better idea of uh, who's going to come back. Um, I thought it was really interesting. They brought up the fact that if uh, you know they win this weekend, which we should um, for the second straight year, um, how much pride do they take in defending home, the home turf and staying undefeated? And uh, you know, he says it takes a great deal of pride and have the student following and you know just everything that goes with winning at home. I mean, it is huge. Um, if that's one thing we've done, it's definitely defend home turf. And now it's just really just setting the tone for the environment. Um, you know, just if we could just get a better environment, it's gotten better with the piped in music. I feel like the place has gotten louder, the the take a stand kind of initiative that fell apart. That You know, I feel like pe- that the sitters and standers, there's not as much of a line drawn. People, you know, seem to, seem to not argue about that quite as much. That'll be a rant for another day. But um, yeah, you know, He's done a great job winning at home, and we need to continue that. And guess what? If we go undefeated at home next year, that means we beat Clemson. So put that into perspective. I think we'd all be pretty happy with that, um, regardless as if, if next year's a playoff year or not. And I think we're going to be closer to the playoffs next year than we are this year. I have a lot of faith in the development of this team going into next year. And finally, the question was uh, the uh, presser was wrapped up with talking about Sean Crawford, man. What a guy. Um you know, coming to this program with all the injuries and just everything that went along with Sean Crawford. And uh, you feel bad for the kid. He had the Achilles. He's had a knee. He's had the, the dislocated elbow. And he was bound and determined to finish his career on the field at Notre Dame. And, uh, you know, this is his last year he's going to play. He's uh, said he's done with football after this year. I uh, honestly can't say I blame him after all that. I mean, the kid's been a workhorse. He's been an absolute stud, a warrior, whatever you want to say. I mean, he's been that for us. And real quick, give a shout-out to uh, Sean Crawford's uh, alma mater, Lakewood St. Ed's, uh, up north here in Ohio. Says we are east of the bend, uh, per se, to give a shout-out to our other our other project. But, uh, you know, we always like to see our Ohio guys doing well at uh, in South Bend. But yeah, I mean, just everything he's fought through. And, you know, Kelly just said he's gritty, he's tough, um, always in the middle of the action on Saturday. And, you know, said it was a pretty severe elbow injury. And I don't disagree. Basically, flamingoed his elbow. And uh, you just see him out there competing, being physical, said he's a great leader. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be great to see uh, Sean run out through that uh, Notre Dame tunnel with that gold helmet for one final time. So uh, that's this week's presser from yesterday. Uh, let me know if I missed anything or let me know if you want to discuss anything. And uh, if you hit us up on the Twitter. Uh, remember, follow us at LockedOnIrish on Twitter. And, uh, you know, maybe if I missed something or you want to discuss something further or hear me rant about it later, yeah, go ahead. Uh, shoot something out there. Tweet at us, and we'll get to it. Uh, five shows a week. Remember, we are the official Notre Dame podcast for the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember to get on there. Check out the other shows. I know you're a fan of other sports, so check it out. You should just make the Locked On Podcast Network just all day long. Like, I'm a I'm a Pacer, uh, Cubs, and Bear fan. I'll listen to myself. You know, my favorite part about doing a podcast is real quick before we get out of here. I agree with everything I say. It's wonderful.
So just make it your whole day. Listen to Notre Dame, listen to your NFL team, your MLB team, your your NBA team. There you go. And you're set. And then you can do it all again the next day, five days a week. So till next time, remember next show, we'll talk about Notre Dame Presbyterian, whatever that is, the blue hose. And uh, what else we got? We'll preview Toledo and why that game makes me extremely nervous. And then we'll talk about these college football playoff rankings the third week of that. Oh, until next time, go Irish.